Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 158 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Jacob, yes. I haven't seen your face in uh, in quite some time. I know, it's been a pretty dark days of summer the past <laughs> whole little Hopefully you got to do something fun and yeah, so we took a little vacation. A little, um, little sojourn across the country, as it were. Yeah, I did go on a trip. I went to uh, Shenandoah National Park okay. in Virginia, and then uh, down into the Rocky Mount, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in oh. uh, Tennessee and North Carolina. North and Carolina. You know it. You don't get that joke, but there's, I guarantee oh. you there's three people that are losing their mind right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were just singing Country Road. Oh, well, I guess um, I could be doing that too. I mean, it's West Virginia, but I assumed there was a, a North Carolina in there. But yeah, it was really nice. Um, nice. Always nice to be out there in nature and not checking out like working not, not walking around the concrete jungle that is buffalo new york <laughs> yeah, sometimes i mean that's just the thing when you're out and you're like just a set of mountains more so and around us would be really nice it's really nice to look off into the horizon and see oh. some mountains oh absolutely like it's better than like looking at seeing a decrepit building or if you, <laughs> as we all know in buffalo if buildings decide to randomly start falling down that was here. a thing but that was so long ago i feel like that was a that was a different lifetime it, it does seem how like was your month off did you do anything interesting uh it was pretty good i uh made like nine hundred dollars refing this uh northeastern lacrosse tournament that was at fort niagara last weekend Ooh. When, it, when it was non-stop torrential downpour for two days straight well one day straight and then 90 degrees the next day it was a dream come true that sounds like a like a really fabulous vacation oh it was it was everything you could hope for nothing like getting a cold and sunstroke in the same weekend (laughs) so we had that going on and then you know all this other we we still don't know whether we can wear our mask take our mask off we have to put it's definitely a tough time and i'm going to still pretend that i'm on vacation and that i don't have to think about anything you can tell the how it was going because both me and michelle decided to do stuff outdoors and as we know i hate the outdoors i love the outdoors i mean don't get me wrong i'm super lazy but (laughs) i i pull it together when it's walking outside somewhere beautiful it's my only it's my only moment every once in a while i get a call from michelle hey you want to go cherry picking and i'm like i absolutely do not want to do that but thank you for that's the- insulting to even <laughs> pretend that i'm a person who goes and picks <laughs> fruits that i can just get in a grocery store at a farmer's market for it's, in two seconds who, who would want to go five minutes to wegmans when you could drive an hour to go get stung by mosquitoes all day i mean i don't know to each his own um so before we went on vacation uh we did do one episode that's the one that we are going to release today that i'm really excited about uh we wanted to come back strong so we have mm-hmm. a really great episode Oh, but you bet we do. Where we interviewed actress Sydney Flanagan from the film Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. I'm not sure who has heard of it. It was on our best of list last year. It was a really phenomenal film. It got a ton of press and attention. It was written and directed by Eliza Hittman. And what the film is about is that... um, a girl who's faced with an unintended pregnancy and lack of local support. Uh, Her and her cousin travel across state lines to New York City on this really fraught journey of friendship and bravery and compassion, um, you know, to try to deal with this situation. 
I was just really moved by it. It was a super strong film. It stays with you long after the movie ends. And it's just amazing that Sydney Flanagan happens to be from Buffalo and reached out and said she'd be on the show. And I was like, yes, please. And thank you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we got to interview her. She is she's cute as a button. She's super interesting. Like, she's really fun. She has a great energy. I expect she's going to be in many more films. And, yeah, she's also musical. We can talk about that a bit. But she's really interesting. Jacob was not able to be there to interview yeah. her. So it, yeah, was we, just, it was just girls' night. There was a timing issue there, but that's probably for the best. My inane um, questions and overall wackiness, I don't think, would have worked as well with the interview. I might have thought that during it at some point. <laughs> like, okay, um, I don't got to deal with this nonsense. I will say, just as an apology, it's never going to change. I don't know how. I keep asking help. My microphone still doesn't sound good when I'm on Zoom. Yeah. Again, the next one, I'll try something different. No we, microphone. I'm just going to talk into the computer like a normal zoom we'll see how that goes i mean we've tried it three different ways at I, this point and i don't it just know never i don't works. know i feel like it's easy for everybody else i don't know what my problem is and i'm sad about it um yeah so let's hop right into our interview with sydney flanagan so today we are super lucky to have sydney flanagan on our show we mentioned Sydney once before when we did our top films of 2020. And one of my favorites was Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, directed by Eliza Hittman, which is an intimate coming of age drama about a small town Pennsylvania teen who travels to New York City with her cousin and best friend in an attempt to terminate an unplanned pregnancy. And Sydney, a native of Buffalo, landed the lead role in the film. And despite her lack of experience in the acting field, she delivers a heartfelt and sincere performance as a young woman just besieged on all sides by a society that seeks to oppress her and suppress her rights and never rarely, sometimes always won special jury honors at the Sundance Film Festival and was awarded a silver bear at the Berlin International Film Festival. And if that wasn't enough, if you weren't impressed yet, in addition to her acting career, Flanagan is a recording musician who performs both solo and with the band Starjuice. So we are super happy to welcome Sydney Flanagan. Thank you for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> this is, I mean, I don't even really know where to start because it was really excited learning that you were from Buffalo because I was super moved by that movie. And like I said, it was definitely one of my favorites of the year, even though it was really difficult to watch at times. Um, so I feel kind of bad asking you this question because I feel like you've had to answer it 1 million times, but I guess that's just the way this works. <laughs> Can you tell us how did you come upon the role? Right. Um, so yeah, so it's a bit of a long story. Um, uh, I wasn't, I had no specifically like acting ambitions, like prior to working on this film. Um, I've always been very into music and I've been um, playing music mostly around Buffalo for most of my life. And um, I met this director, Eliza Hitman, when I was 14 because her partner, Scott Cummings, was making a film called Buffalo Juggalos. <laughs> and I had been like at this like backyard wedding that was like 
a juggalo wedding and I love um, everything about this so much yeah so like they were there because they had been working on this film and um Eliza and I kind of met very briefly in passing um it's a very vague memory for me because I don't recall it so well because it was so long ago and um but Eliza had added me on Facebook um and I kind of forgot because you know you build so many friends on there and you kind of <laughs> yeah, forget, yeah you don't, you don't even know most of people and um so I guess like over the years like uh you know I'd pop up in her feed time to time and uh, I'd post a lot of videos of me just like playing music in my bedroom in high school um really teen angsty stuff <laughs> um, as and, you're supposed uh, to <laughs> yes and uh she I guess like she just um you know liked them and saw something in them. And so when I was about 20, I got an email from Scott actually telling me that Eliza was working on this film and they were interested in having me um, go on tape and audition. And at first I was very um, terrified <laughs> because it, I was like, I have no experience. And uh, oh my gosh, like going, like the possibility of like going away for a couple months away from home and my band and everything was just really scary. And, um, you know, everyone was like, you know, you, you should at least give it a shot. Like you can, you know, at least try. And I didn't want to, you know, have any regrets about not at least like, you know, trying. And so I did go on tape and then Eliza emailed me back and was like, you know what? It's kind of hard to tell from the tapes. She like flew me out to New York. Just <laughs> so unconventional. Like I've realized now, like now I go through a very conventional auditioning process and it's nothing like this experience at all. And um, she flew me down and um, like her, uh, her DP, Helen Luvar was actually there that day. And they just kind of like took me around the city and like took footage of me doing all these like random moments from the film, like trying to use the subway card or eating like pastries at the uh, at the little dim sum place, and okay. uh, yeah. And then we went to Eliza's office and like read some scenes together. And then I flew home, and I was just like, "What just happened?" And <laughs> not even like a week later, I got a call being like, "Hey, Sydney, so would you like to you know do this?" And I was like uh okay <laughs> I'm doing this now so um yeah that's pretty much how I got there <laughs> that's an, like an unreal story that's like what we dream of when we're young and we're like it's not gonna happen but I'm gonna pretend yeah. that someone's just gonna see me and be like it's you you're perfect okay so her story is is seriously nuts how like were you still intimidated by the time you got to set or were you just like I am just going with this weird new life that I am existing in right now. Um, I was entirely intimidated. I remember um, like, like, I remember like the first day we were actually shooting, it was in Pennsylvania and um, we were shooting scenes that were on the bus, like us riding the bus and stuff. And so that was a nice way to kind of like ease into it too, because it wasn't anything too heavy or crazy. It was mostly just sitting on the bus, little tiny. Sure. And so but I remember like sitting, I was sitting on the bus and there was all this like, like the camera was set up and there were like a couple seats taken out and there was all this like almost like aluminum foil looking stuff everywhere. And I was like, I feel like I'm on a spaceship and this is so weird. And I looked out the window and they were all having kind of like 
the crew was having like this big little like meeting before we started and they were all like standing in a circle and I could see them all like getting ready and I was like oh my god this is happening this is actually <laughs> happening in life and it was like it felt like getting on a roller coaster and like you're scared of roller coasters and you're kind of like oh man the ride is starting and there's no getting off <laughs> so um it was very scary but then you know once you know once you get used to it then you start having fun and um that's essentially kind of what it was like for me. Um, it was scary trying something new, but I learned a lot along the way. And I was lucky to be working with such um, a like patient and just really well director. Like she was good at creating sort of a safe space and um, just even directing like very small moments. And um, the crew was like, just really awesome people. I made a lot of good friends while working on that set. And um, I'd say like for a first time experience, it, I was very lucky to have such a good one. Yeah, that's awesome. Having no past acting experience, did you, because I think I saw you are a fellow Libra too, right? Uh, yes. Okay. So we usually have a hard time making decisions. So when you were making decisions in the film, like, was that hard for you? Because I feel like we naturally second guess ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, most of the time I do have a tendency to overthink things. Um, but like sort of something that's like really like I have a tendency to overthink when I'm auditioning now. But for some reason, if I'm actually like on set, like once the camera is rolling, it's sort of like the pressure is on and there's kind of, it almost like there's no time to overthink. And I've sort of just kind of go into like, almost like a survival mode, like kind of like we have this right, right now. Fight or, fight or flight. Yeah. yeah. No fighter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, like this is it. This is the real thing. You got to do it. And um, yeah. So something about like, kind of like being in it for real and, you know, like, even like when I when I practice with my band in our basement you know we can there's a lot of room for mistakes and stuff but like once we go to play a show it's kind of like okay this is it like we got to do it um yeah we also didn't we that's like another thing that actually crossed my mind is like we did not have a rehearsal period really for this there was two days of time before we actually shot so um wow. and that was mostly not enough time to be super nervous because you're just like gotta do it doing the thing yeah yeah it was just um most of it was kind of Eliza had sort of allowed um Talia and I to like gave us these exercises to develop a relationship with each other off screen and I feel like that really helped um with our relationship on screen because um like basically she had given us like these journals that had these writing prompts in them with some pretty personal questions about our lives and like our past and um we wrote in them and shared our answers with each other privately without Eliza being there and that allowed Talia and I to kind of really break the ice and oh yeah totally um, get to know each other on a much more personal level and relate to each other as women and um, so then I, I just always felt, I felt close with her from day one. And Talia is actually also originally from Buffalo as well. So having sort of those native roots together was something that helped us feel connected to each other when we met in the audition room. And um, so yeah, like Talia and I, I felt, I just felt comfortable with her from day one. And that was really helpful as well. Yeah, I mean, it makes you think about on films where actors don't know each other at all and don't get that time. And then they're like, you're in love. 
go do this yeah. thing. And you're like, oh, that'd be really weird. And yeah, like, you, for sure. you really get that firsthand now. Um, so for me, one of the more moving things is like the movie has such small moments that all feel really, really huge. And it's like a lot of it is a nonverbal film and you're doing so much acting with your face. Did that surprise you knowing yourself like that you were able to convey so much with just a look or just your face? Like, did you know that about yourself or were you like, look at me and my feelings? It was a little bit of both. Um, you know, um, as a musician, I feel that I remember, like I, I, I went to a performing arts school and I remember kind of learning in my vocal class, one of my vocal classes, I remember my teacher saying something about when you're performing a song that if you don't look emotionally plugged into it, it's not going to be delivered the same. I think that was probably really helpful because like perform, you know, when you're performing a song, like if you look straight faced and you look not into it or like you're emotionally attached to it, it's not going to hit people the same way. And I think that naturally carried over into the acting stuff because I think I was already sort of used to that. Yeah. So big on the face acting at this point, we, we see so much of your character and who she is in that emotional scene at the clinic where the title of the film comes out. So you are having to answer questions, these really personal deep questions with the never, rarely, sometimes, always. What was filming that moment like and was your intention specifically to make all of the me's out there just sob on our couches? Because I was like wrecked at that moment in the film. My husband like came downstairs and he was like, what are you watching? What is happening right now? And I was like, you don't even, you don't even know. I was like, this is too hard. There's, there's nothing fair about this movie. So like, what was that like? Um, yeah, uh, shooting that scene, you know, um, one thing I think I've learned recently, like since working on that, like, I feel like, like the best way I can explain it is kind of like, it's, it's all very real to me and it's very organic. Like, um, you know, it's, it's like, I didn't come, I don't, I don't believe that there's like some secret trick to becoming emotional or crying on screen. Um, uh, I mean, I've only really had this one experience with it, but for me, it was more about plugging in my own experiences and kind of superimposing them into that moment uh, and bringing myself into that moment and um, just kind of allowing that to play out throughout the scene and um, letting myself organically go there, go where I needed to go in order to uh, do that. And um, yeah, and I, I remember it was really funny because when we I wasn't expecting for it to feel so heavy and then like when we were done I remember I told Eliza she was like how do you feel and I was like it's kind of cathartic (laughs) like it felt kind of good like it felt like something that had been like all twisted up inside of me for very long just kind of like that we don't allow ourselves to let out and then you had to yeah yeah, it was kind of amazing. Yeah. Did you did you have to do a lot of takes? No, we did that one. Um, in the film was like the first one. Actually, we did maybe two or three. 
Um, I mean, it was a very long scene. It was like, a, we used an entire canister of film to do it. So like, it was one big long take. Yeah. I think it's about like, I think well, like 14 minutes or something. I'm, I don't know the exact number, but um, yeah, uh, we ran we ran through it. Like the first one was the one that's in the film and the other two were like, they were still all right, but they were a little more stoic. Yeah, like, you were just I, raw in the first one. That was just really genuine. Right, yeah. It's so successful. Like I even was like, oh, I'm going to watch some clips to see if I can pull any like little things to play on the podcast, um, which is tricky because I was like, no, it's because it's so much just you have to see it with your own eyes. But I watched that scene again and I was like, man, it still hits just as strong, <laughs> like on repeat viewings. Um, so you received nominations for the Critics' Choice Movie Award for Best Actress and the Independent Spirit Award for Best Female Lead, which must just feel wild. And then I saw you won like a million awards. You won Boston Society Film Critics Award, Chicago Film Critic, Hollywood Critic Association, New York's Critic Circle Award. What, I mean, I don't even know what to <laughs> ask or are you even able to kind of describe uh, how it feels? <laughs> it's like something that's that I still feel like I'm processing and that's hard to comprehend. Um, especially because like, I don't know, because I wasn't exactly like, you know, in this world or this industry before. So like, there was a lot of times where you know, like my manager, my agents will be like, congrats on this award. And I'm like, oh, cool. Wait, what is it though? <laughs> what, is, what is that a good one? Is it, yeah. I get it? Cool. <laughs> no, but I mean, just at the end of the day, like it feels, I mean, it feels incredible to be recognized um, and validated for the work that we did. And it does make me, what it mostly makes me feel good about is that the film itself is getting out there and people are seeing it and that they are, you know, like feeling with it. And um, that's kind of the most important thing because it's a story that like really urgently needs to be told and that I'm hoping is touching people in that way. And um, so, I'm just glad that the film has has done so well. I mean, forever needs to be told. Like sometimes I'm like, we we still need to uh to tell this story, and it's and that's what's great about the movie because it never felt political, even though it's such a contested issue, and especially now with Roe v. Wade back in, everybody's talking about it again. Which I, I just have to be honest, I'm constantly like, the mind power we could free up if we were just let this go, everybody, like this is just a medical thing. It's a person, but like, I don't know. It's kind of, was that even challenging to bring into the film? Because it never felt like you were bringing any sort of political side to it. You were just a person existing in our real world. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite things about this script when I read it and um was that it didn't feel like some sort of propaganda film or like it doesn't feel like it has a very specific agenda yeah like anybody can watch it and they can choose how they feel about it and um that like it's it's more focused on on her story her journey what's you know it's not about like how did she get pregnant? Who's the father? Like, there's no moral 
uh, sort of like inner debate that she's having, you know, like we don't ask any of those questions. And, you know, a lot of people want to know those things. They're like, oh, well, who's, I think the father might've been this person. It's like, that's not the point. It's not what it's about. It's about what, it's about her actually being on this journey and trying to just accomplish this goal. And there's all of these like bureaucratic barriers and groups oh. that jump through and just, and it's more about that. And it's about like, just like the experience of what it's like to actually go through this, because this is something that a lot of people actually go through and it's yeah. a very real story and it's like it's universal <laughs> which is kind of um you know which is a sucky reality but yeah uh, I'm glad that was the chosen focus of the film I mean I, I literally was saying out loud during the film I would just be like it should not have to be this difficult like mm-hmm. look how difficult look what these poor girls are going through and like what would your character have even done without her cousin? Like, would you even have made it that far? Like mm. the support was such an important thing. I feel like at the end, I was like, I got the message. The message is it is really hard to be a woman from the inception until now. Like that is a really difficult journey. Yeah. Um, so are you planning is this an idea for you as a whole new career? Are you going to keep trying to pursue filmmaking? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm still working on my music as well. And I do the, and I've been working. I just went and worked on a film in Chicago back in, I think it was February, kind of lost track. Um, so yeah. earlier, earlier this year, um, which I'm really excited about with uh, this director, Alex Thompson, who made this film called St. Francis, which actually, kind of has some some similarities to Never Rarely. It's a little warmer, but it's a very good film. Um, and um, yeah, and then I have another role booked that I've been, I've been very excited to work on, um, but the we, it keeps getting, it's been in a holding pattern for a long time because indie productions and money and stuff. And um, in COVID has not been friendly to, uh, the indie film industry. Um, so yes, uh, I'm still working on stuff. I'm still auditioning for things. Um, and then in the meantime, I'm also just here in Buffalo working with my band and on my solo project. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting having this new medium in my life and being able to bounce between the two. Yeah. So do you feel confident now that you can carry another movie on your shoulders? Like, do you think you'll be less nervous going into it? Because have you proven to yourself, like, ah, look at that talent I have that maybe I didn't know about? Yeah, it's sort of like, um, you know, like definitely when I went to go work on the last project I just did, um, and it was actually kind of nice because it wasn't like the lead role. It was more like a supporting role. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of nice being able to not have to work as much. <laughs> Because when you're like the lead, you're basically in every shot and you are working like the entire day, every day. And this was nice because I didn't have to go in every day. And when I was on set, I maybe only had like a couple scenes and then I can go home. But it was nice being able to actually like stand back and observe a lot of things and kind of see like all the inner workings of like everything the crew was doing and um, getting to talk to people and um, kind of learn more about the all the background things going on. Um, oh, they also let me play an extra in one part in the film I just worked on, which is really funny. I can't wait 
much for that. I actually like I had wrapped for like like I had wrapped completely and they were shooting a scene and they were like, hey, do you want to be an extra in the scene? I was like, that was so funny. <laughs> um it's a hard it's a hard life. When I lived in LA, I did extra work for a bit and I was like, it's a long day and you are as important as furniture, which sometimes you really carry that home. It feels kind of bad sometimes, but they're really important to the scenes or they would look weird. But uh, that was fun. I definitely reflect on that. And I'm like, that was a good time. Yeah. But I feel like carrying the film, being in it, that seems way more fun to really put a mark on it. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, so like, I definitely felt more confident when I was working on that last project because I was like, okay, I've done this before. I know all of the weird terms they use on set now that I, <laughs> I understand what they're saying and like I know the flow of things a little better and um, but then at the same time you know being someone that came into this industry on a very unconventional path uh, and not having really like studied acting or anything you know there's a part of me that still deals with a bit of a imposter syndrome sometimes and there's times where I'm like Oh, like, I don't even know if I deserve to be here. What am I doing? I mean, that's, the, that's the Libra in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're going to so, have that for all time. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I am really pumped to talk about uh, your band, Star Juice, who, side note, by the time this airs, you will have missed it, but I'm going to go check out, you have a show tomorrow, right, at Mohawk? Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Me and my friend are going out. It's like my first live music since the world <laughs> shut down. And I am real pumped for it. Sweet. Yeah, exciting. <laughs> what what got you into music? Um, man, um, well, when I was growing up, my dad was in a local punk band called the Toss Pots. Okay. And um, so when I was growing up, like I had I was very exposed to the punk scene very young. My parents had me very young, and so like all their friends were kind of like aunts and uncles to me and this like really weird wacky extended family I had and so naturally when I got like into high school and I was a teenager I started going to like underground punk shows and meeting and also meeting people that were like hey I know your dad and like yeah. I remember when you were this big and, everybody loves uh, that yeah and then like started making my own friends in the scene and um started I started and I also like I started playing violin when I was very young, when I was in like fifth grade. And then I started going to performing arts in seventh grade and for violin, but I was more focused on uh, playing guitar at home. Yeah. I do still play violin a little bit, um, but mostly I started playing guitar and like writing a lot of sort of singer songwriter kind of folk stuff and um, started playing out when I was at like 17 at like kind of like cafes or like basement shows and stuff. And um, is there a Custer Street show somewhere in this? Um, I don't believe so. No, oh man, the new young generation. Where are the where are the crusty houses in Buffalo that you play in? Because when I was young, it was Custer Street. You go into this basement that at any point was going to collapse and it smelled <laughs> really bad. And then you just jumped to a really lo loud band for like 45 <laughs> minutes. Really good time. Yeah. Yeah, there's like, there's been houses that have popped up and disappeared over the years. There's only like one now. Um, I ran one for a little bit called The Bronze, which is a reference to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There it is. <laughs> that is um, checking out from everything I can see in, in the apartment that checks out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love 
I love the local scene. I love the underground scene. It's very, there's so many talented people and, you know, they're all like a big, you know, chosen family to me. And, um, but yeah, then I, I've had a few projects over the years and Starjuice is my latest project that I started right before the pandemic kind of started. So we didn't really get to go out and do things as a band. Um, and it wasn't until like, you know, at least like months and months in the quarantine that we actually eventually were able to start practicing with each other mm-hmm. and um, writing stuff. So we kind of just used the time to cultivate our sound. Uh, we recorded like a really short kind of EP. And um, I don't know, I taught myself how to screen print. Uh, so I've been like making our own shirts for us and stuff. And it's all good stuff. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, now that things that everyone's that our whole band got vaccinated and things have been kind of opening up again, we finally have been able to start playing out. So like we did Porch Fest and um, and then we got the Mohawk show tomorrow. So really excited about it. And I got to say, you need to get the violin out because I could definitely hear some of that on like the old letters song. Oh, yeah. Definitely hear some violin, especially because I saw you did like a version of it acoustically. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. You could hear that going through. Do you care if we, can we play a song um, on the pod? Are you fine with that? That is fine. All right, cool. I'm probably going to play Spare Keys. That's my favorite. Cool. Okay, <laughs> awesome. So what kind of the music that you make, does it sound like the stuff that you were into? Like, are there specific bands that kind of inspired you and you can hear them a little in your music? Um, yeah, to an extent, like I definitely have a lot of influences. There's definitely like specific songs I could be like, well, I was listening to this band a lot at that time. And, mm-hmm. um, so like, I definitely have my influences, but I always like to try and make sure that I don't sound like a copy of yeah. something else. Like I don't, um, I don't want to do that. Um, so you can definitely like hear my influences, uh, but they still, at the end of the day, luckily end up having, having still their own original flavor which is nice. Um, I listen to a lot of like, well, so I was raised on a lot of punk music and I listen to a lot of punk music, but I also really like, I don't know, there's sort of like a lot of genres I like, but I also like a lot of like indie and kind of like dreamy stuff. Um, one of my favorite artists is Brian Fallon. Um, he fronts a band called the Gaslight Anthem and he has kind of various, like he has a lot of solo stuff and this side project called the Horrible Crows that I love very much. And, um, he's just been like a huge influence on my songwriting since I was about like, since I was like 15 or so. And, um, I still like obsessively listen to him and anytime he tours and comes even near Buffalo, I buy tickets. Um, so yes, uh, that's definitely like one of my biggest influences. Um, and then sort of various other artists like Sonic Youth, um, a lot of folk punk music, like Pat the Bunny and Mischief Brew and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it kind of goes all over the place. It depends on what I'm feeling at the moment, but Starjuice is definitely more of like a, um, it's kind of like a blend of influences from like punk and indie genres, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, one of the best parts of Buffalo is that it's a two hour car ride from Toronto. And mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, the majority of the music I see ends up being in Toronto because why, why are y'all ignoring Buffalo? why they keep bypassing us like a lot of shows I feel like it was a little better when I was younger and maybe bands were smaller and I could see things in like show place and stuff but now I don't know they don't come as much 
Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a real pain. Do you have, I know you said, so before this band, you did other stuff. Did you play out in Buffalo? Like, do you have a favorite venue that you're always, that you're stoked to play in? Um, I really like playing at Nietzsche's. Um, for the most part, like my favorite places to play are like the DIY venues. I yeah. love the living room basement shows. Okay. Just, I love how intimate they are. And um, there's just like, I love how like relaxed feeling it is, you know, yeah. um, and sort of like, that's kind of where I see all my friends and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mostly, I, I really love the underground environment. I feel very comfortable in it. Yeah. Do you ever get anxiety performing that way, like performing music, or is that just comfortable for you? Um, sometimes I get a little nervous, but like once I'm once, once I'm playing, I feel great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm super. I'm pumped for tomorrow. A, I live music. B, I like your band. And C, I haven't had alcohol. I feel like in a really long time. So I'm like, this is just gonna be a perfect trifecta of like going oh, out enjoying it. Um, can I ask you some regular life questions now? If somebody was going to make your life into a movie, who would you want to play you? Oh, right. <laughs> I like dropping the mean ones that are like, I needed to think about that. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to look at you and even think who I would pick, but I don't know. It's really tough. I don't know. Like, like I'm trying to think of someone who's like roughly my age. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm like, I probably won't even know the person's name. I'm so, I'm so out of it. Well, who are your favorite people to watch in film? Hmm. Uh, I've always been a big fan of like Winona Ryder. Um, I'm kind of a big fan of, uh, oh, I always forget her name, Maya Hawk. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Ethan and Uma's kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you must love Stranger Things then. That's like a perfect I, show for you. Yeah, uh, I spend a lot of time watching, honestly, like a lot of shows that have already been done for a long time. Like, you know, obviously, like all my weird sci-fi stuff in the back. Like, yeah. I love X Files and Star Trek Void, Star Trek Voyager specifically. I just watched that one a lot. Um, what about Battlestar Galactica? Has that been in your world? I have not yet. <laughs> You're gonna be so happy when you do Battlestar Galactica. Is awesome. That was like a show that I binged on and was like, this is as nerdy as it gets, and it feels really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the last thing you binge watch? Do you do that? Oh yeah. Oh okay, of course. <laughs> um the last thing I binge watched. Um I just recently did probably like uh, I rewatch a lot of I have a lot of comfort shows and especially during quarantine I've been binging a lot of comfort shows. Yeah. So um I just rewatched Adventure Time. <laughs> like, okay, sure. <laughs> Who doesn't love well, that? Yeah, so um that I, I've binge watched a lot of shows during quarantine. Um, I've finally binge watched like like I watched Sherlock for the first time. Like, okay. Been around a while, but I really had fun watching that. Um, I watched that. Oh, like on more recent one, uh, that limited series on Hulu called Normal People. That show. Oh, I've been dying to watch that. That's good. Uh -huh. It's so good. I cried uh -huh. like every episode. It was just like tears just like just like just so much crying um yeah I, I don't know that. it was amazing <laughs> the acting is really amazing it's very grounded and like realistic and um yeah so I highly recommend that show it was very Wait, good who is that young girl in that show 
Uh, he could totally Daisy, play you. Daisy Edgar Jones, that's her name. I'm trying to think what she looks like, but I think I think I see her playing the, the Sydney Flanagan movie. Yes. I could see that. I would totally right. love that, actually. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. You could see her like rocking out on the guitar. Like that would be I awesome. I think I could see it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then because we're a library podcast, we always have to ask, can you, what's either the last thing you read or can you recommend any book in your life that you think is, is worthwhile that people should check out? Ooh, hmm. the last thing I read, let's see. I think the last thing I read actually was um, this book called The Green, or Green is the New Red. And it's like, hmm. it's more of like a political book about like um, people deeming environmental activists as domestic terrorists. Um, but when it comes to, let's see, like fiction, yeah. uh, you're like fiction but mm, yeah. I actually I read the Hobbit recently and I was I got into this whole thing because I just started playing D&D and I was going to play I got this book of adventures that are set in Middle Earth and so I wanted to get really familiar with all the lore so I started trying to read all the Lord of the Rings books and um I definitely will say I had a lot more fun reading the Hobbit than I did the Lord of the Rings series themselves yeah um yeah, like uh, if I had a book I wanted to recommend, I'm trying to like look at my shelf. Like, I like, yeah, oh, go my- ahead. You can go. Honestly, I think like, oh, you know what? This is a really weird one. That okay. I- <laughs> that I remember. So my friend Josiah lent me this book when we were roommates for a short period of time. And I remember I loved it so much and I held on to his copy for so long. And he was always like, Hey, Sid, make sure you get my copy. <laughs> there was a note written on the inside from one of his friends who gave it to him. And so he eventually uh, actually bought me my own copy for Christmas so that I could give him his back. <laughs> um, but it's called Popo by Rosser Reeves. And it's really weird. It's like this guy who's like a poet who's like working on his like magnum opus. And it's it's a really weird style but there's like a lot of poetry kind of like throughout and it's like it's got a narrative that's also like I don't know it's like fiction and poetry all kind of like meshed in this one thing and I just I really liked it um it's kind of hard to describe the the plot but um I mean I'm I'm sold on it I'm definitely gonna yeah. check that out I've never heard of it yeah it's good which is, which is always exciting all right well this was really great I really can't even tell you how much it means to us and we're obviously going to be obsessed with you and follow your entire career and am really, really looking forward to it. I've recommended that movie to pretty much every person I know. Like right after I finished it, I was in a group chat, like watch this movie right now. And then when I found out you were from Buffalo, I was like, that's awesome. Make us <laughs> very, very proud. Um, and like, hopefully we can have you on uh, the show again in the future, maybe after your next film. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me again. It was truly a pleasure. Okay. Right. So that was great. Why am I not surprised that the interview comes off much better when I am not in the room? It's it's funny how that works. She was a a true joy to talk to. And then actually I went out the the next night to see her band play at Mohawk Place, um, which A was hilarious because I Andrew and I were definitely the narcs in the audience (laughs) everybody was like punk and young and had mullets and Andrew was like we look like we're here to pick up our kids in the band and I was like that is accurate but her band is great 
The oh, music okay. was really good. It was my first live music since the quarantine, so I was super pumped about that. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out Star Juice again if you see them around. But all in all, it was she's great. Oh, she's fabulous. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm surprised. Yeah. You're thanks able to again, get Sydney. I hope on. that we that we uh, have her on again, and I'm excited to see her next films. So. Uh, yeah, that's it for our episode. Jacob, I'm going to have you take us out, but I think we're going to do it with a Star Juice jam. Oh. And then instead of facts, we'll just kind of let that play. See that? We got we got ourselves a big-time license now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're always teasing, changing up the, t- the end thing. But All right, why don't you plug us up? So don't forget, everybody, if you are looking to see uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, we have it at the, your local library. So stop on by and pick up a copy uh, and check it out because it is well worth your time. Uh, don't forget, we have 37 branches all over Erie County, so stop on by to one of them. Say hi. Our hours are back to normal, everyone, so... Well, normal. new normal. Well, Just well, check the website. The, the new normal, but they're not going to be closed for weeks on end, I'll tell you that much. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod. Let us know what you are watching and what your impressions are. We want to hear all those five-star reviews on this awesome movie, people. <laughs> so uh, come check it out, and don't forget to visit our website at www.buffalolib.org for more details. Okay, thank you so much for waiting for us to come back from vacation. As I said, there's no facts to take us out. Let's just, uh, let's hear the jam and we will catch you next time. Bye. I'll do it, I'll do it for you